Hi everyone and welcome to Sterling's Business Success and Coffee podcast, kindly sponsored and supported by Sterling's group coaching programs and Fix This Next free online business assessment, enabling you to pinpoint what your business needs you to fix next. Business tips to help you level up and scale up. Hi there everyone, I'm Simon of Sterling Coaching and welcome to this podcast episode in which I'm joined by Chris of Chris Vaughan Photography. Now, Chris is a photographer who specialises in working with a range of businesses providing eye-catching photography that helps his clients engage with their target market. Chris's photographic career started just over 20 years ago. Don't look old enough, Chris when, as a 14-year-old, he became Lincoln City Football Club's photographer, working alongside his dad, Andrew, uh, and they're still both covering games together today, which is great. Uh, This led to Chris working in local papers as a press photographer, uh, (laughs) in which he's best known for falling into a puddle whilst photographing David Cameron, before he was Prime Minister, you said here, giving comedian... Dom Jolly a lift in his car. And apparently, Chris, you told me before that he's a guy who has the big mobile telephone and a picture involving a pink carnation that he didn't actually take. Whilst working for the paper, Chris's colleagues ended up banning him from making teas and coffees, which is quite pertinent for today's theme, from the department because they didn't like how strong he made their drinks or, as Chris used to call them, normal. And since launching his own business, Chris has provided pictures for a range of local and national companies, including Lincolnshire Co-op, Royal Mail, Hitachi and Lincoln Cathedral. So thanks for being on today's podcast, Chris. Thanks for having me on. And I've I've got to ask there about the coffee, because that's going into our first question here. You say how strong you make it. Was it because you made it too strong or not strong enough? Definitely, they complained that I'd made the coffees too strong. Um, But I think everyone can only make coffee as they drink it. And I like strong coffee. I can't make tea. I don't drink tea. Um, So I really struggled with with that whole making tea. But I tried. And and I tried being nice. And I would offer to make a tea. And it literally got to the stage where I would have to count three or four grains of coffee and half a cup of milk. And it was it was just warmed up milk that they were drinking, uh, which I, I just couldn't, I couldn't do. So they, uh, they, they, in the end, they just said, don't bother. Yeah. Great. Sounds good. Well, I remember my first ever job, uh, the, the managing director was a guy called Brian and I, two things. One, I was about to take my driving test a week after I started this new job, uh, which is important. And two, he pulled me into his office on the first day and he said, you know, have you done your, you settling in, we didn't call it induction in those days. Are we doing settling? And I said, yeah. He said, right. So let's get one thing straight. He said, this is how I take my coffee. This is how I like it. And if it's not how I like it, you'll be sacked. He said, the other thing is, I understand you're taking a driving test on Friday. I said, yeah. He said, fail that and you'll be sacked. Not quite. Yeah. Yeah. Not quite right in politically correct. And uh, I'm sure HR themes now, but uh, that's how it was back in those days. I'm sure if you mentioned that to somebody in HR now, there'd be a couple of forms to have filled out. <laughs> there would. Yes, I probably wouldn't need to work now. I'd probably be still living off the payoff. 
But it's good to have you on today's podcast, Chris. And we've known each other for um, a long, long while now. And um, I've never really asked you this question, you know, um, but you're drinking a cup of coffee today. You said uh, before we started the recording that it's a sort of an extra coffee. But what coffee are you drinking today? Now I'm going to ask the the one that I don't know, actually, what is your favourite coffee? So what, what coffee are you drinking at the moment and why? So I'm drinking a Taylor's Hot Lava Java Ground Coffee. Wow. Okay. And that sounded very posh. It does sound a bit posh. I did actually have to double check what it was before I came on this because um, I didn't think you'd want the answer. It's just what was in the cupboard. Um, yeah. And I don't know, there's just the, the I think I picked it up one day in the supermarket and it's just a real nice flavour to it. Yeah. Um uh, so it's, yeah, it's just the, the sort of go-to coffee. Anna, my, mm. my far better half, doesn't drink coffee, so I'm the only one who drinks coffee. So oh, I, okay. I don't have to, yeah, Anna, Anna drinks tea, so I yeah. don't have to negotiate and try and find something that we both like. So, yeah, real nice, strong coffee with, with a lot of flavour to it. Um, so, right. yeah, it's, it's what we've got in the house, really. Yeah, and you've got it in a, um, a particular mug there. Now, one of the things that has come out of this podcast as we've been going through them and the... Obviously, this is audio, so the listeners, uh, you can't actually see what Chris's mug is there. So for that purpose, Chris, just describe the mug. What What is the mug that you're drinking your coffee in? Well, see, I'm, I I'm, can be a bit of a creature of habit, and I always used to have a black Welsh Rugby Union 125th anniversary mug. And that's what I'd have every single day for my coffee at breakfast in the morning. Every single day I would have that mug. Sadly, that mug then accidentally got smashed one day. Oh, which yeah. yeah, which is no good for for obviously holding coffee when it's in yeah. hundred pieces on the floor. Uh, so I got the next best thing was a was a is a red mug with a with a Welsh flag on it with Cymru written over one side. Okay, and on the other side, it's just a Welsh flag, which is obviously faded over the years. That yeah. is how how long I've been drinking out of this mug. Um, but yeah, every morning. So so this morning I had my coffee as usual and we're recording this at just got 11 o'clock. I've actually had to, to wash the cup out so I had a clean cup. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But obviously this is my cup that I use for drinking coffee. Yeah. So I had to make sure I had it available. Yeah, and it's it's interesting. You know, and I think many of the listeners will connect with this that you know people are very precious about what they drink their teas and coffees in and their mugs that they have. And we've heard some great stories about that. So yeah commiserations and we're sad for your loss of the uh, the black mug uh so what is your favorite coffee chris what, what is the coffee that you really like and how do you normally drink your coffee i think people would say that i'm quite boring but i do like black americano no milk okay. no sugar and yep. no fancy flavors or anything like that just a, where you can really taste the the flavor of the coffee coming through and um, that's my go-to choice so uh, over the years i um I used to have stuff like cappuccinos and lattes, and actually, mm. I didn't never really enjoy them. I think sometimes with a cappuccino, I don't know, you just feel left feeling a bit disappointed. Yeah, with, with drinking it, it's just it's, it's milk. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I, in all the podcasts that I've recorded so far, nobody's we've talked about lattes, we've talked about syrups, we've talked about cinnamon, and all kinds of mixes of spices. But what we've not actually, nobody's mentioned cappuccino. And I suppose, yeah, yeah, it's sort of falling out of favour with sort of Costa Coffee and Starbucks and things like that. It's only the sort of tea rooms and places like that you go where you get a, a sort of a cappuccino now. 
and you know overseeing a lot of these packs but you mentioned americano chris what what's the what's, where's your favorite place to go and get coffee is there any particular brand or any particular place that you like to drink coffee so there's there's a place in Lincoln. Uh, it's on Free School Lane in Lincoln. It's not far from the Central Library. Angel Coffee House. Okay. It's a lovely building. There's a there's a church on the corner of um, Free School Lane, and, and it's uh, it's an old building that used to belong to the church. Brilliant, brilliant pace. Um, and, and obviously, once we are out of all the sort of COVID restrictions and lockdowns and all that, uh, so where I'm looking forward to getting back and and enjoying a enjoying a coffee. Uh, there's a there's a real nice atmosphere in the place. Um, and yeah, they do serve very nice, very nice coffees in there. So uh, yeah, that's uh, that's where where if uh, if ever I'm meeting somebody for a coffee, that will be the place that I suggest. Uh, great. Well, I've never been there myself, so I have no idea of the lane or where you're talking about even though i didn't know linking a little bit i haven't got a clue where that is so uh, you'll have to point that out to me at some point certainly well it's worth it once we're once we're you know can, can uh, go for coffees and stuff like that we will uh, we will have to go for a coffee there it is worth the journey over to lincoln for that yeah fantastic and on to the business questions what's the latest or most significant thing that you fixed in your business I'm trying to have a think about this, and um, obviously, you kindly gave me an idea of some of the questions you were coming up, and um, I, uh, I I did my usual thing and misread the first question completely, uh, and I missed out the word latest. Uh, and the first yeah. thing that came to my mind actually was something which I will just touch on if we can, if I if I'm yeah. allowed to. Yeah. But one of the first things I I set my business up um, 2011 after 10 years of working for newspapers. So I had two weeks notice uh, when I was leaving the paper to, to start my own business. I never really intended to be my own boss. I never really intended to, to have my own business, but it, it happened because I, I wanted to carry on being a photographer. Yeah. And I realized quite early on about the communication. And that's a, a big thing of communicating with the clients. And I, I suddenly realized that if I was talking to a, a local business or a Lincolnshire type business or surrounding area yeah they wanted the communication in a specific way yep they wanted me to to how i would sort of tell them what i was going to be able to do and and, and how we could do that i also worked for sort of london companies and they didn't want all the fluffiness around what was going to happen with the shoot they just wanted yes i could do the time yes i could do the date there's the price yeah and i realized that actually there wasn't one fit or one fit all sort of um, way of, of, of handling, communicating with clients. So that was that was something that I thought was, you know, for, for me, I discovered that quite early um, and just try and try and work around that. Okay. I'm, I'm, I've spent a lot of time in lockdown actually doing, doing a lot of learning. So, um, yeah, it's been quite a bit in, in, in the lockdown of, of obviously the, the limiting number of shoots. So I've been, been trying to sort of improve and uh, I've, been looking at sort of you know working with my accountant on on how to finances in business yeah 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 and I know you know you've been working with Dan and you know I mentioned what was your fix because obviously as the listeners will know by listening to the intro of this you know but it's kindly sponsored by the fix this next assessment and Mike McAllowitz who wrote the book fix this next also wrote the book uh, profit first which you're working through your accountant with as well aren't you and working out how to do that I am, yeah. So, uh, so it has been a lot of reading. Uh, a couple of Mike McCullough's books, um, 
but yeah, so the the whole profit first through the business and and how that works has been a massive learning curve for me. Um, okay. It has transformed the way that I, I approach finances, um, being more proactive and uh, planning ahead. And instead of getting that nice surprise before Christmas, knowing that I've got a month to um, pay a pay a tax bill because I've had a successful right. year, so uh, yeah. I've been doing that and also um, working obviously with yourself, Simon, as well on on some of the coaching. I've been a, a couple of months into that now, and uh, I, I can't fit, fit the time to, to sort of with all the ideas I'm coming up with. Uh, <laughs> from, from learning, I'm, I'm having to, to schedule it and, uh, and plan ahead yeah. a bit more. But um, I think, and I think that's a good point, Chris, isn't it? As well, because you know I've certainly found that as well, and not because of being quiet during lockdown, but the opposite. You know, having to step up what I want to learn about so that I can help clients more. Uh, you do get overwhelmed with the amount of learning that can come your way and each learning if you feel awkward because you can't take enough action to put the learning into practice don't you so so how have you coped with that overwhelm or of information and learning then because as you say you've been doing a lot of things there how how have you coped with that I think it's having that uh, one of the things I also did was was actually to make sure I make time for myself um, I, I yeah. got into a, I got into a habit of that must be done. I must reply to that email. I've got to get that done tonight. I need to get this sorted this evening. But actually, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be done there and then. Um, yeah. Throughout lockdown, I, I got back into my running a bit. I'm not right. going to win. I'm not going to win any medals at Tokyo next uh, next yeah. Olympics or or anything like that. But actually, taking that time, just half hour, just going for a five k run, just getting out in the fresh air. Uh, in the yeah. cold, in the wet, is is brilliant for for clearing the head. Uh, I know some people don't like the running; they don't like they don't like the idea of that. But for me, it, it's a way of sometimes thinking through an issue, thinking through a challenge, just yeah. having that time for me. Um, headphones on, music on, uh, yeah. me and the road, um, and, and I think that's actually you know something that it, it has been a big realization. I used to do. T- I used to do it. I used to make time, and then I told myself that I was too busy to do it. Yeah. So I mean, most of the the listeners here obviously would have experienced some kind of lockdown at the stage we're recording this, and you know, some of some of them will probably have gone out and done exercise. And you know, I know I'm talking to a lot of people in business, in particular, who have fallen back into the trap of doing stuff but not making time. For themselves is there anything that you could share with the listeners that they could take away from this of how perhaps they could make sure that they do give it that time and how they become more disciplined for that time um, i think i think the the, the the one thing that i could take away from it and hopefully it, it works for other people is that the quality of your work can improve as well right yep so that's Give the reason that behind space. it yeah, you, you're not there rushing yourself, forcing it. I must get this done at this point. Mm. That's when that's when little mistakes can happen, little sort of inaccuracies can happen in your work. Sometimes if you have that time and, and the realisation that that email, yeah, yeah, I can reply to it tomorrow morning and it's still valid, it's still a, a still, it'll still work, it's not going to cause any issues. Yeah. You actually, you, you have that, that quality. So... Yeah, I think it's just looking at it and just planning. You planning a day and, and just making that time for yourself because it 
it really does just just clear the head and, and sometimes you, you can probably sit there trying to work out how you're going to do something how you're going to achieve something and you could sit there for an hour yeah whereas sometimes go for that half hour run making that time for yourself yeah you actually sort the problem out in your head as you as you're running around okay that's great and if if you could think about how things have improved since you have looked at this communication with clients and that one size doesn't fit all or how, how has that improved what kind of difference has that made uh, to your business in how you've improved communications with clients i think for for what for me what i've found with it is actually you get a higher success rate of what you're trying to achieve yeah um and i think it shows you understand your clients more and they they're more receptive to that yeah Okay. And from a point of view of Fix This Next, um, and we mentioned Mike McCallowitz, and I know you've been working through Profit First, I'm, I'm intrigued to know how easy you or how, how hard it's been to actually work through his books. Because, you know, very often when I do these interviews, you know, people haven't either read or heard of Mike McCallowitz, and it'd be great to just give the listeners perhaps little bit of an overview of what it's like to work through one of his books or one of his programs so i'm currently work reading through the pumpkin plan uh, and i have gone okay. through the audio book with it and i've also so i think if we we look at a profit first because i've finished that one yep. um and and it's you know there, there is a book uh, as a photographer i, I tend to like picture books yep. they're a lot easier there's a lot less words in them um but I went through profit first, and, and I, I'm, I'm always one of these. I've probably had a, an ostrich effect with with finances in my business of burying my head under the sand, and it'll be all right. Um, but actually, th- there's bits in accounting that I don't fully understand. Uh, Dan, my accountant, probably gets fed up with with WhatsApps from me asking questions of, of hmm. uh, to explain something in in yeah. language that somebody normal can understand. Um, but what I found with with Mike's books. I was able to understand it. Okay. I was able to yeah. work it out. Um, I, I, and as I say, that is somebody who, who's, who's not a finance expert, yeah. accountant expert. Yeah. Um, I, I did find it really clear to understand and just a bit of support as well from, from yeah. Dan with, with some of the trickier bits. Yeah. And I think that's a, a thing with a lot of books. You know, very often there is some kind of program behind them or there is somebody who can help you, isn't there, with, with those. And like with the pumpkin plan, there are pumpkin plan strategists out there. I was going through the process of becoming a pumpkin plan strategist too, uh, as well as being a fix this next advisor. So there are people out there, as I know Dan is a profit first professional as well, isn't he? So there are people who can help you implement what you've got in the books as well. But it's interesting what you said about how easy it is to work through his books i've just actually listened to uh his first book i think it was uh, the toilet paper entrepreneur and I, I found it easy to listen to i found it quite different to his last couple of books uh which i think were more business related and a little less edgy on the personal side than that one but certainly uh, every one of his books i always find it easy to go through as well and like you say i'm more of a listener rather than a, a reader but you certainly can pick up some good nuggets I was also after the after the profit first book as well. Um, in, in the book, Mike does ask you to email in uh, yeah. and, and tell him that you've drawn a line in sand. And yeah. I didn't do that straight away, but I did. Uh, and within a couple of hours, 
um, of sending that email, I got a reply from Mike as well, which was, it's actually just a bit of a confidence boost as well and to, to know yeah. that they, they, there is a genuine care as well. Yeah, and I think that's shown from uh, not just Mike, but I, I love people who read their own books. Not so much uh, novels, but certainly business books. You know, I think if you're going to write a book you know, and you read it, you tend to get a different passion for the subject matter across, don't you, as well? I think, yeah, the, you get that tone in the voice and there's a real um, empathy as well with the listener, yeah. um, which however good a, a voiceover person you get could be reading the book out, they don't have the same passion. It's not that the book is written from the heart and it's you don't always get that if you're reading yeah. somebody else's work. Yeah. And, the, and he's got a new book coming out as well, which I think is going to be a great book. I uh, have the privilege of being able to uh, give some critique on it before it's gone through for proofreading uh, and it's coming out I think later on next year or mid next year called Different is Better and it's uh, very much a marketing book so uh, that'll be a great book so listeners you know keep your eye on the bookstalls and Amazon for Mike's new book I think you'll probably be able to pre-order it um, at some point but Different is Better is going to be Mike's new book. So if you could give the listeners one tip Chris or one lesson that they could take away from today, from listening to this podcast, what, what would that be? Talk, talk to people, okay. talk to, talk to people around you, get, you, you, especially for myself, I'm sole trader there. There is just me uh, in, in, in the business. And when I started out, I thought I had to do everything myself. I had to understand everything myself. I had to achieve everything myself. And what I soon realized is, there's people around who want to help. There's people who've been on the same journey that, that you have been on. Um, there's people who've had the same issues. They've had the same challenges. Um, and actually, you, you, you're, not in a mar- you, you're not always uh, competing against everyone. No, People are there to generally not. help. Um, and uh, a good friend of mine is also a photographer. And, and and yes, he's a competitor. We're half the time we're we're sort of targeting the same clients. Yeah. But I've known Phil for way too many years. Um, he's a good friend. I've 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 spoke to him before I'd even got into photography as a, as a career as a staff photographer at a wow. newspaper. Yeah. Actually, we've got that mutual respect for each other that we're not going to undercut each other. We're not going to try and target each other's clients. And it works, it benefits. There's times yeah. where we've both had the similar sort of issues that we've had to face, phone each other up and, and you know, a, a sort of mutual support for each other. But also, it helps. You know, there is only one me. Yeah. Uh, if I am doing a photo shoot at one time and uh, a client specifically needs me at that other time and, and I'm not available, I know there's somebody okay. who's a very good photographer that can cover that for me. Yeah, and I know that he's... Yeah, I, I know that he's not going to be tapping up the clients instead of going, instead of coming to Chris next time, just come to me. It's And, and it works yeah. both ways. Yeah, I mean, there's a saying, isn't there, you know, about keeping your enemies closer. And I think that is true with our competitors as well. If you have that relationship with your competitors, and certainly in businesses I've had in the past, particularly the garden centre, I didn't know much about garden centres. So the first thing I did is I went round all the other garden centres to, one, ask for help, and two, to make sure that I wasn't doing something that would undercut their prices, as you said, or um, if they got a specialist product, why would I do that specialist product? But it's interesting that, yeah, I went out and reached out to them. 
and all but one almost grabbed me by the scruff of the neck and kicked me out of the garden centre. You know, they didn't want that at all. Yet I've worked, as you've said, in collaboration with businesses in the past and talked to people. And even though they are competitors, we've achieved some amazing results from that. And uh, yeah, it's it's interesting what you said about taking the loneliness out of business uh, as, as well. Is there any particular moment where you've had something um, that you really haven't been able to overcome or something, a roadblock, but you've not been able to get around and you've used that talking to someone to, to make a shift and to overcome something. Is there one special or moment that you'd be interested in sharing? Obviously in confidence, nobody else is listening to this, Chris, so you're okay. Uh, is, there, is there anything else that you know you can use as one moment to share as an example of that? So nobody else has listened to this. It does feel like we're doing overnight radio on local it local radio station, yeah. doesn't it? Um, yeah. Ignore my 30,000 download target for the end of uh, January. Don't worry about that. that. That's got nothing to do with it. Well, I'd like to thank my mum and my dad for listening to this. And, and thank you for both downloading on different devices to get two listeners on the other thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. is, um, <laughs> I, I do love radio as well. So uh, um, it, it is something that I would go into if I wasn't a photographer. But um the, the one example that can come to my head um, was, uh, and it was, a, I'm not just saying this because I'm on a podcast with yourself, Simon. Mm. Uh, I'm not doing this to, to big up your coaching or anything like this because at the time, oh, I, I you carry on, Chris. You keep going. Well, I am, but you know, just <laughs> no. Um, this was this was uh, quite a few months back. I I had a, a an issue with a, a client paying, mm. and um, I hadn't faced that before. Usually, if I'd if I had a, an issue, so, you know, we, we all have that situation. Sometimes, a, a, an email gets de- you know deleted or marked as read before it comes in, and, and some things have got missed in the past. But usually, yeah. uh, the people I work with, they uh, you know, you, you you send them a message going, "Can I just check? I've I've not received payment for this invoice." And most yeah. of them are really apologetic, and it's sorted within hours, a couple of days, or you know, you yeah. get that response and it's all sorted. Um, and to be fair, I had one recently where I just mentioned to a client that I work quite closely with um, that an invoice was outstanding. And they've spoke to their accounts department and, and because of people working from home at the moment, yeah. it, a little fault in the system yeah, wasn't one of those that usually could pay. And, but this guy's contacting me going, has it been paid, Chris? Have they? Have we paid you? Have we paid you? Which was which was a brilliant yeah. working relationship. But yeah, I had an issue where... Um, it wasn't a, a, a tremendous, it wasn't a, a, an amount of money that's, that I'm going to retire on. But it was still, for, for, for myself, yeah, it was... Significant, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I remember now, yeah. Um, and I wasn't sure what to do. I'd never mm. been in this position before. Um, and, and I was trying to work out who I should speak to. I, I do speak to my dad on, on lots of stuff. We're really, really close. And say, obviously, we photograph football together for 20 years. Yep. He's not a businessman. He, you know, he doesn't know what to do. Um, I wasn't really sure who to approach. And, and I gave yourself a call. Um, and because I just thought you probably have the knowledge and experience of how to handle that. And I didn't want to come across as as uh, somebody, you know, banging fists on the table because that's not me. Um, and, and the advice, obviously, you were able to give me. Brilliant. We got it all sorted. We, we settled it. And uh, actually, you know. There was there was no uh, animosity from the client yeah. to myself for contacting him about this. Yeah, and I think for the listeners uh, as well that um, probably might be listening to this, Chris. Yeah, there might be somebody else out there, uh, but we've mentioned no name, so that's good. And um, the listeners, I think, you know, 
what you can take away from Chris with that as well is that you don't just have to have one person that you speak to. And I found that, you know, different people you can go to for different things of advice. And sometimes, you know, you might think, oh, well, if I want advice on debt collection, then I'll talk to a debt collector or I talk to somebody legal. But very often, listeners, I think, you know, and I've done this in my own businesses as Chris has just gone through there. Um, what you want is a different perspective to perhaps what they will give you and somebody who's perhaps either gone through it themselves or helped somebody else to go through it can give you more of a real feel to it and and fit something that's more suitable for you rather than going to um, somebody who's an expert. And I'm not saying you shouldn't go to people who are experts. Of course, there is a point where you get to that. But don't listeners think you've only got to go um, to one person or you've got to go to the experts all the time. Sometimes people can give you a really different perspective. And I'm glad, Chris, that that different perspective that we talked through that time uh, was able to, to help with that. Not only, not only in that one situation, I had a, a, somebody else who uh, was late paid an invoice and the usual general reminders had it worked. And I, I took a similar course of action. Okay, great. And it worked that time as well. Yeah. So uh, it's not just one-off advice. Yeah, that's great. So you've talked about obviously making sure that you don't have a, a one-size-fits-all or one-type-fits-all communication with clients and and that's good to know as well, because I think we do have to treat our clients as individuals. And and I've never really thought much about that specific sort of theme of communicating with them individually as well. Um, we've talked about learning to find time for yourself as part of coping with the overwhelm, perhaps some of the content that we're all out there and uh, all the, the inputs that are coming into us at the moment and the top tip of talking i think i've just recorded a monday's moment podcast about stress and anxiety and one of the call to actions rather than take an assessment or do something like that was actually to talk to people and i think talking to get advice is one thing uh, as well chris but as we both did that push-up challenge to raise awareness for mental health it's about talking just to share something isn't it is to sort of lessen that burden as well you know it helps and I know that was causing you stress and anxiety because uh, it wasn't an insurmountable amount of money, but talking actually helps reduce, reduce and relieve that stress as well, doesn't it, and that anxiety. It is, and, and actually just you, you referenced the push-up challenge. Uh, I would say one of us completed the push-up challenge. I did about three over the whole 25 days of full push-ups. Yeah, I, I can't <laughs> do push-ups. Uh, I will admit that before before there was any suggestions. But that was interesting for, for me Um and I, I think I've learned a lot about the impact of mental health over over lockdown. Um, I don't know whether lucky is the right word. I've I've never really suffered with with mental health issues myself. Um, but I think talking to people over over lockdown, you can see the impact of it. And the yeah. push up challenge. Um, I, I got challenged by Neil Giller, who I know you've you've had on the the podcast yeah. an earlier episode, business success and whiskey podcast. That was an interesting one. It, yeah, it, it was. Um, but that was recorded at eight o'clock in the morning, wasn't it? Uh, it was about 11, so it wasn't 11, too okay. bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Not like 8am. But I, I think actually, you know, Neil yeah. challenged me for that. I know how Neil is is, is passionate of, of talking about mental health. Yeah. And I wanted to try and do that challenge. I've never been able to do push-ups, never been able to do them. 
still can't do them. Uh, and Good effort, though, I'd Chris. Go, I got to the 25 days and I did stop because I yeah. much preferred to go for a run. Yeah. But it was interesting. I posted that on my Facebook every day, every day uh, as you had to as part of the challenge. Yeah. And yeah. the amount of people who who commented, who liked to post, people yeah. I don't always speak to, there's something about doing that challenge made them reach out, made them leave a like or, or a reaction yeah. to a post or a comment. Uh, some of them was criticizing my technique, which I was absolutely <laughs> fine with because it, I never admitted that I could do them. Um, yep. Some of them was supportive, but there was something about that challenge, about what it was trying to achieve that made them comment, mm. talk. Yeah. yeah. And I think there's you've given us three really useful things to away. I think the last one there is is really important, isn't it? To to talk and engage with people. So moving on to the last question then, Chris, when is your next coffee going to be? And I assume it'll be at home with the the fact that we're still in a national lockdown on today as we record this. It will, yes. Um, I, I, one of the other things I've done recently is uh, I, I used to drink way too much coffee in the day um, mm. and I'd be sort of still wide awake uh, late into the evening is I've cu- I have cut back the number of coffees I drink during the day. Um, I don't know whether I should be admitting that on a, a, a you know, a, a, a bit of podcast yeah, yeah, that is around yeah, coffee. Yeah. But, um, Helps you savour the flavour better when you're not drinking it in volume. It is, yeah. Um, so I've just gone to a stage. This is, as, as we did mention earlier, this was a special coffee um, that I have, a, an extra coffee that I have drank today. Uh, so I do feel slightly uh, uh, caffeinated out at the moment. So my next coffee um, is going to be tomorrow morning uh, with, with uh, you know, um, Anna, my, my far better half, um, while she drinks her tea. Uh, and it's one of these as, as I've got two young children. Um, we always try to make sure that, that meal times as much as possible is, is a family occasion. We all sit yeah. down together um, because that, that means so much to me that, that we're not all over the place. It's, it's tricky at times when, when my work is, is all over the place, but actually we do sit down as a family, um, yeah. a catch of the day. And, uh, my daughter initiates every day. She's, she's six, uh, although, and, and, and not day. a coffee drinker yet. I hasten to she's ask. She's not a coffee drinker. Yeah. No, no, no. 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 Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not that bad a parent. Um, <laughs> I do try. Um, but every day Ola sits down, uh, this is usually an evening meal, but she does sit down and, and what have we enjoyed most today? Mm. Um, which is, amazing family time so so my next coffee will be tomorrow morning with the family at breakfast great fantastic well it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on today's podcast chris and of course for listeners i hope you've learned something from the three things that chris has given us there to take away and you can see how this continues to be part of my mission to help businesses and business owners around the globe by becoming more aware of what the possibilities are and where you're at at the moment, giving you some great education on uh, how you can improve yourself and your business. And of course, we talk about some coffee as well. Um, Chris, it's been an absolute pleasure. You've given us a few insights there. And at least I know now a little bit more about the coffee you drink after all these years. And uh, we didn't get to talk about the puddle that you fell into whilst photographing David Cameron, but perhaps that can be a, a... a topic all on its own for a future podcast. I really appreciate it, Chris. Thank you very much. Thank you.